Different Gravy, not just another Sheffield Wednesday podcast. I'm one of the hosts, Richard Miller, and my co-host, like a human advent calendar, spends every day of the month of December giving the world a different treat each day. Today, it's lending his dulcet tones to this very podcast. He's your friend and mine, Dr. Luke Gledor. How are you doing today, Luke? I'm very good, Rich. That was very sweet of you. Thank you. What a what a lovely, wholesome, festive way to kick off. This the first different gravy of December. Mm, tis the season to be nice to your fellow man. Mm-hmm. Tis the season to write off 2020. Oh, here, fingers crossed. I do like the idea that you can be, you know, an absolute howling, awful person for 11 months of the year. Um, but as long as you turn it around a bit in December, you're all right. You're fine. As long as um, you say on your deathbed, oh, yeah, big fan of God. Love him, being, you know, surely I'll get into heaven now. They updated that in the 90s so that you could say psych, uh, like your whole life was kind of a, a joke. <laughs> or or not. Um, so as long as you... We shortened it down quite a lot. It's quite good. Even people that are quite sort of, you know, breathy and struggling towards the end can get out a not or a psych. So it's um, it was it was a good update. Um, <laughs> what a strange place to go right at the start. <laughs> <laughs> but there is that you know there's that blue dark side to christmas and i, I actually like this the my song preference my christmas song preference i do like a, a kind of a, a blue christmas you know that sort of mood is something that, that strikes a chord with me there we go <laughs> Oh jeez, let's let's just get into it let's just we? get ourselves right let's move uh, on uh, breaking hoo-hoos just gonna go straight into it Lou we're gonna dive in we're gonna dive in with the kind of gusto of an 18 year old playing for his hometown (laughs) club (laughs) and we're gonna send this podcast off with a lovely lovely red card Uh, (laughs) it's uh we well we yeah we took on took on Reading we took we welcomed Lucas Joao back different gravies player of the year returned to to Hillsborough um and they're a, they're a team generally going well. I mean, they had a weird blip, um, Reading, but they've they've recovered from that. Uh, so it's another in a succession of playing some of the very top teams in the in the table. Uh, I've written down in my notes the now standard home starting lineup, which I, I think I just means to me that we play four at the back and Van Aken plays left back. That seems to be the main thing with the standard home mm. <laughs> home formation. Um. <clears throat> I don't know. I mean, we don't tend to go through these sort of minute by minute, but uh, this was sort of looking like a, f- a fairly good counter-attacking performance uh, that we've become familiar with under Carlos, under Gary Monk, and now uh, under t- Big Tone, the the new man at the at the helm. Um, and twelve minutes in, we went a goal up with a lovely breakaway. That was such a phenomenal goal. I mean, um, there's a lot to look back on, a lot to think, uh, think and feel very bitterly about. But uh, let's uh, let's have a bit of goodwill, uh, goodwill to all men. Um, the goodwill will go to Kadeem Harris. It will go to Adam Reach, and it will go to Callum Patterson. There was also a, I I noticed on like the third or fourth watch, a, a crunching Luongo tackle gets the ball to Harris as well. So. 
um, it's kind well, of there a we go. <laughs> oh, there we go. Thank you for bringing uh, Massimo Luongo into the frame as well. Thank you, Action Mass. Um, what's uh, what four wise men they were? Um, the first, you know, but what a what a great ball that was from Kadeem Harris out to Reach. Lovely. And yeah. um, Adam Reach just just again proving, I think that I think you said best crosser at the club by yeah. just putting in an absolute peach to the back stick and. And then Patterson just having to, still having stuff to do. Um, and then just getting do. up to head it back down into the floor, into the corner. It was, it was so beautiful. It was such a wonderful right. goal. Um, it was a Fletcher-esque effort, really, wasn't it? Because he had to, he was past the far post, so he had to get it back on target. He got it down between the defenders. It was the, he did so much with that mm, header. Yeah, he absolutely baffled it with the angle of getting it so far down and on that angle. The keeper, yeah. the Reading keeper, I'm not sure who exactly it was. Um, that was Raphael, had no chance whatsoever. Cabral. Yeah, So and and so and, and I think that we then had another fairly decent chance. There was Patterson sort of had another um, effort that that, uh, that just went wide. Uh, so we were looking, we were looking dangerous on the break. I think we're, we're not, <laughs> we're not in a position where we, can go toe to toe with the 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 better teams in this league. I don't know how far down the table you have to go before we feel comfortable going toe to toe with the team, but certainly I think the top, you know, the playoff contenders, we, we're self aware enough to know we just we just don't have the attacking prowess to kind of duke it out with them. So we have to we have to be careful. We have to be clever with the way we play, um, and we were doing a good job of not letting them have any possession where we didn't want them to. And and then when we got the ball, looking very effective with it. Um, and again, it's not, it wasn't just launching balls. We were having to play through the phases. I think the players we have mean, even even if it is to, it, it is Tony Pulis's um, sort of first desire is to go long. We just don't have the personnel to do that particularly well. So you we have to play through. People like Harris and and uh, and, and Bannon, that you know, those players need to come into the to the to the way that things work. Um, I did then, my again put silly fouls, silly fouls, uh, because this game, uh, this weekend's game, giving fouls around away around the box just seems to be a, a habit that is baked in bone deep in this set of players at the moment. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and unfortunately, another thing that seems to be all too prevalent is making reckless challenges. Um, so, 29th minute, <clears throat> the, the the game pivots on uh, Shaw launching into a tackle. He did get a touch on the ball, but we know now that that really doesn't. It's neither here nor there. When both feet are off the off the floor and and you've gone studs first, you're. you're I'm sure you can make a case for it not being a, a red card. But I think in this day and age, you're expecting it to, you're expecting that card to come out. Watching it in real time, it yeah. doesn't get better on replay. No, I think um, again, I'm I'm really thinking. I I, I think uh, about what you were kind of saying. I I really think the event is really uh, amplified by mm. the Reading player who went down, who I can't recall who exactly it was. Do you do it, you happen to know? It was the fullback, wasn't it? Was it Richards? Right. Pretty sure it was Richards. Uh, <laughs> him going down in a heap and rolling around doesn't really kind of help proceedings. 
I think everything that you do really amplifies. It's a series of knee-jerk reactions to moments, right? It's it's very much it's a game built on moments. I think you've amplified the heat by doing such a thing. I think the frustrating thing is I think for a lot of Wednesdayites is it's not really you know it's never consistent across the leagues. It's never consistent across referees. I feel like there's some people who would probably see that as a yellow. Um, but I I think the thing is what you can't control is what the referee thinks about the game or how the other player reacts. What you can control is your own body and what you do with it. And I think it, it is a tackle made out of frustration. He's gone in hard and he's, it's because he's chasing a mistake that's been made. And so it's not, it's just poor decision-making and he puts himself in a situation where, he, you know, he allows the ref to make maybe a harsh decision. He allows the Reading player to look like they, you know, they've been murdered and had the leg chopped off. You know, unfortunately, that's the that's the way players react in those situations because they know yeah. it forces the referee's hand. We had a moment to to uh, in uh, this week uh, this weekend's game where um, Odebadjo went in for a tackle. I think it was a perfectly fair tackle. I think if it was a foul, they both fouled each other. This is when he picked yes. up the yellow card. Yes. Um, but when Odebadjo's kind of pretty much dusting himself off, ready to get get up, and Bundia's ro- rolling around, holding his ankle, and his the Norwich players are then pointing to their injured player on the floor. So the referee is kind of the narrative that's told after the event is look what they did to look what he did to their guy. I don't want to see Wednesday crowding around the ref and rolling around like that, but no. unfortunately, it's it works. It doesn't happens it? and it works. Yeah, I yeah. don't think referees are very good. What annoyed me? <laughs> one thing that annoyed me this game with with Reading, it was on Sky, um, and just so much love for Reading on Sky. Really, of course, of course, could not get enough of Reading. Um, and in particular, the little bomb fluff winger Elise or whatever, they really, every touch he had, I didn't think he played particularly well, but they just got so excited every time he got anywhere near the ball. He did, his best thing was he hit the post with a, with a very good free kick, but I think he kind of had, yeah, he had the rest of the night off, I think after that. Um, (laughs) but one thing that gets said around football it's a it's a cliche there's many many footballs and uh, footballing cliches and most of them are quite annoying uh but you can tell by the reaction of the players is the worst one for me because you can't players are cheats <laughs> players will claim that black is white and and white and the sky's red exactly because they're fierce competitors and they'll fight tooth and nail for every decision. I've seen so many players kick the ball straight out and put their hand up for put the throw. Put their hand up for a throw-in. I know. Well, I've even seen Wednesday players do that as well. It seems a bit half-hearted and it seems a bit token. But, but the funny it. thing is, well, the funny thing is one time out of 50, it's going to work. <laughs> yeah. You know. But the, it's just so annoying that suddenly when it's a foul in the box, we should go by the players. Re- you can tell by the player's reaction most of the time. No, you can't. You can never tell by the player's reaction. <laughs> and half the players saying it is a, pen- is a penalty and the other half saying it's not. So which which group of players are we going to believe? And you do end up with some refs that end up like refing the game almost as a democracy. You know, like a foul happens, yeah. like count the hands. Okay, 
four hands up for the for the home team. Yeah, uh, only three for the away team. So I think that's a home free kick. <laughs> but it just it does drive me daft because the game became you know wave after wave of Reading attacks. They had several shouts for penalties um, of of varying degrees um, of sort of deservedness, but. Um, but yeah, that coming back to the pundits in the studio, and you, you can tell by the players' reaction. Players throw themselves to the ground all every single touch, and the players around them claim for things. You, I just don't think you, they're the worst people. They're the last person you should ask uh, for their opinion in the situation. Speak to your refereeing team and use your eyes. Do not go by the players' reaction. That's not the way to tell. <laughs> Did you enjoy um, after the red card? Uh, I've got I've got Dom's coming on. Dom's got his coat on. Dom's reading the binder. Uh, I <laughs> love I I love the shots of uh, you know Iortha come. He's come out of the library and he's got the Encyclopedia Britannica of set of set plays, whatever it was. It's lam- now now laminated landscaped. It's uh, yeah, that was something I liked. <laughs> That was it was rather funny. I don't. I I suppose that's decision. Both games this week, how you come away feeling about things might, in a way, depend on where you where you stand in terms of a couple of decisions. So I think that decision to not bring Dominic Iorfa on and and wait till half time to make that change. Yeah, that feels like a kind of dicey decision to have made, given that they managed to. They managed to score in the forty-third minute and, e- and equalise Reading. The the kind of what if moment is if we bring on Iorfa, do we deal better with that set piece? Do we not give away the foul beforehand? Um, does that happen? And do we then go into the second half where where things? Well, I mean, the second half was <laughs> was a lot just constant pressure really as well. Um, but we had a special we had a shape set up to try and deal with that as well as we, as well as we could um i don't know i mean i think it's a little bit harsh to sort of say that that's what kind of ended up being a draw because knowing how the second half went but it it, it just was it was a definitely a decision um we and yet hilariously players. we um and yet hilariously we looked out massively on the end of what three penalty shouts that were pretty credible all around yeah i, I don't i was feeling kind of bullish on the evening I think the, 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 the handball is the one that's... The handball's the one that's the stonewaller, in my opinion, out of yeah. the, a lot of them. I don't think there was any intention from Reach. I think he genuinely thought he was going to clear it with his foot and was as surprised as anybody that it hit his arm. But yeah. um, but that doesn't change the fact. And now the rule doesn't allow for the fact that you can you can accidentally handball there's no such thing it doesn't intention doesn't come into it so that absolutely should have been a penalty it would have been very annoying because Wildsmith's right behind it it wasn't a good shot um I think Wildsmith would have had a very easy save if, if Reach hadn't have stopped it with his arm but it, it, it undoubtedly that should have been a penalty I unless I didn't think the I think the Adebayo one would have been harsh you've seen them given and you're sort of expecting it to be given but I've also seen them given because I don't think I, th- I think there's two things here, Rich, which is like, uh, and that's something we can kind of come onto later when we look at you know the review of the Norwich game today. Um, uh, there's a lot of gamesmanship mm. that needs to be played on both ends, 
Yeah. And frankly, it's it's too. I'm going to put it this way, just because it's. I mean, it sounds very very cynical, but I think it's ultimately, as well as being whatever happened and whatever it's a foul or not. I I think there's a lot to think about. There's two performances. Um, you know, there's a performance of the player who's defending the ball. Yeah. You know, and the player who's attacking the ball, and you know, you can say in a lot of situations that sometimes the winning performance, unfortunately, is you have those players with the skills and the gamesmanship to go down convincingly yeah. and to take a penalty. But also, Moses Adebayo is not the person who you want on the other side of that no. for a defensive for someone to say. You know, I, I've definitely seen Wednesday players who've had more of that skill in that situation to actually make it look like they just did something very clumsy when they've just mullered and brought well, down a new passing player, right? I mean, Reach, case in point, I think if Reach looks sheepish or, <clears throat> you know, kind of reacts differently, mm. a referee who's on the fence or a linesman that thinks he might have seen something, you maybe give them the nudge towards making that, that big decision. But Reach absolutely brilliantly just deadpanned it. There was nothing. He didn't give anything away at all. Because um, if he'd sort of looked pleadingly at the referee, for instance, then the ref might be yes. thinking, oh, what did he do? Yeah. And I think Odebajo, unfortunately, well, one, he has a clumsy, he's he's handsy in the way he defends, he's clumsy in the way he runs. You know, he does have these clashes with players a lot. But also, <laughs> he then instantly kind of looks pleadingly towards the ref. So, yeah, I, I do get what you're saying. Like, he's almost like... He's 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 adding to the 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 side of his own guilt in all these situations, mm-hmm. maybe because of history being so often, um, you know, on that side of things for him. He gives away a heck of a lot of penalties, yeah, um, or certainly has for Sheffield Wednesday. I don't know about his career prior to Wednesday, but I mean, he was giving he was he he was giving out one a game at uh, at a stage last season. Um, so I thought I thought I think that one. To me, that's the best case. That's the the most likely case out of the other three. Three, the one was it Borna kind of volleyed volleyed the yeah. guy's legs. I thought that was that, weak. I, that, that was well, that was really weak. That's the uh, that was really the weak. Weakest. And then I thought the other yeah. one, um, the 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 Reading player was it Harris who was defending it for us. Uh, yes, it was Harris. I think. I'm trying to think who it was from then. Was it home? Might have not been sure, sure. Laurent, maybe? I don't know. But basically, he clearly had a big handful of shorts and he pulled down <laughs> the Wednesday player. <laughs> um, to the point where it was like, it, it was almost getting to the point where it was stopped being useful for him, but he still kept hold. It was a really bizarre bit of attacking to do. I've not seen many attackers use the, <laughs> the grab of the shorts to kind of muscle people around in quite that no. Um But it... I think for the for him, I think he thought he was being clever because the linesman couldn't see it, but the referee had a great view of the fact that you know suddenly Harris's waistband had expanded by about thirty inches, uh, <laughs> so it was it, that one. Just it was never. I don't think it was ever going to get given, but but it adds it it gives a picture of the game as it was, which was panic really from Wednesday and yeah. lots of near chances for Reading. Although, interestingly, towards the end, I thought they kind of ran out of puff and ideas, Reading. It might have been that they were a bit defeated by the by the decisions being turned down. Um, but, like, I'm always surprised when it's, like, the 93rd minute and you're passing it around your back four. And I sort of think, 
he's going to blow the whistle at any moment here. Just get, do you want to just get this forward, surely? Mm. Um, I'm just going to just quickly have a look at my notes. So, we, yeah, we made three changes at halftime. That was exciting. <laughs> Um, but it, it meant that we were purely just defending, defending, defending. Uh, Harris up top on his own is so an interesting new idea. We saw a bit of that again today. He's got the pace to keep people toes. He just doesn't have much physical presence other than that. And I, I did note, I did say that he was sort of suffering from an inverse Peter Crouch or Atty Nuiu syndrome. So with, whereas those two are too big to win any fouls, Harris was deemed too small to win any fouls. Because there was a couple of times defenders went through the back. You know, when we managed to get a decent ball out to him, which he could control on his chest or with his feet, he got just steamrolled by their defenders. And normally I would expect to get some fouls in those situations. I know Jordan Rhodes would get a couple of fouls in those situations, um, but he just didn't get anything given to him. So we, there was no outlet. There was no sort of release of the pressure. Um, we did see some wonderful saves from Wildsmith, particularly first half. Um, his save from Semedo's volley was outstanding. I think it was mm-hmm. sort of past him and he claw it over. Um, I also thought holding on to Joao's flick from the corner was really good because that was a crowded box if he'd, if he'd let that bounce free um that you know who knows what would have happened but then he didn't cover himself in glory with the goal i think patterson's most at fault yes thoroughly lost the battle with joao but there was moments where it felt like wildsmith maybe could have come for the ball it was it was sort of close enough to him that that was an option and when he then when he came for the save, you, you had a very unflattering thing that you said on the text luke i don't know if you remember it Yes, um, I said, and I'm <laughs> going to use the Queen's English here, he looked like a frog that shat himself. <laughs> um, but I think by and large he did do well. He ended up actually mm. in, the, in the team of the week. Um, I I would agree with that. I was going to say, actually, so what I felt I saw from the highlights, it was quite funny. So this was a time when, you know, a man like myself who is... Um, in his mid-30s and very much in the throes of being irrelevant, um, <laughs> even though I, I am fairly up on things, but one thing I never really understand and never really got into is TikTok. Mind you, I did actually install TikTok just so I could see Josh Windass doing his um, his little <laughs> celebration, which was fun. So I, I followed on Instagram uh, Wednesday, which I've been quite delayed with, um, and one of their stories that kind of came up on there was basically their TikTok, which was some, you know, some dank music for the kids okay. and um, lots of kind of high intensity, you know, Skrillex, drill and bass type, whatever it is, um, <laughs> over lots of footage of highlights from the games, which was basically like the really great goal that we scored. And then essentially Wednesday, just performing heroic defense, defending for the next <laughs> kind of minute and a half, basically. So you know, yeah, I I really saw, especially that from the highlights. I watched the first half, and then it, I was having some stream issues, and I thought I'm just going to turn this off and um, do other things, listen to the commentary. And I felt like I'd really seen it all before, especially conceding mm. before half time. But from what I really saw from the highlights, including you know all the fun deluge of all those uh, penalty shouts, was some really impressive goalkeeping from Joe Wildsmith. I think he yeah. definitely was definitely was man of a match for that game. Yeah, I absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, he, yeah, it was, there was, uh, some of it was absolutely top draw. Um, the other thing that happened in the game that's worth noting, it obviously had an impact in uh, in the match against Norwich. Uh, Luongo picked up his fifth 
yellow card of the of the season, um, leading to his new nickname being Infraction Mass. Uh, but it was a good foul, you know. He took he took one for the team again. He's good at doing that, um, you know. A, you know, a good foul in um, in inverted commas. Uh, it saved a break from happening, but. It's a shame that you know he's saying that he, we 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 always miss him when he's not playing. Um, but the moving on, I think there's not much more to talk about in terms of midweek news. Let we should move on to today's game. If you're all right with that, Luke? Yeah, let's go at it. Um, it led to a very intriguing solution: not having Luongo. <laughs> there has been threads on Talk where the idea <laughs> I offer in midfield has come up again and again sure, and again. Sure. And I don't I haven't paid enough attention to know whether that is just one person who will be very pleased that they got their what they got their wish. Um or whether there is a kind of <laughs> a cult of followers for the Iorfa in midfield ideal. Um but it happened. I couldn't quite work out what what the you know to put a kind of number formation on things. We had three at the back. Um Odebajo and Reach were playing wing backs. We definitely had three in central midfield, which was Patterson, Bannon, and Iortha. And Windass was definitely up top. Harris was kind of playing right wing. Yes. Just randomly. Uh, he didn't have a necessarily have a counterpart on the other side. And well, I don't know whether that's because they're strong on the left, maybe potentially, uh, Norwich, or whether they're weak on the left. What did you think about Adebayo's placing? Because that was the thing I, I, you know, especially looking at the lineup, my disappointment that came to this was seeing that Shaw was suspended uh, for three games, obviously. Uh, Luongo's out for one game. And Luke was thinking, right, finally, I get to see a bit of Fizzy, Deli Bashuru, FDB, and maybe even the other, the other Z, Izzy Brown. Mm. The other ZZY that we have within the team alongside Fizzy, Fizzy and Izzy. Kidding. Or the ex, Alex Hunt. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, Rich. That's exactly what I was thinking. And and then effectively we've just gone with we have these other prime made centre mid options. And then it's like, well, you're gonna play some of the centre mids, and then Pulis just flips the rule book. Boom. That's what he's doing. He's got his uh he's got his binder, you know, people the kids are you know, the kids are doing their um, bottle flips. He's doing the rule book flip. You know, he's trying to like flip it over, see if he can get it to land on a thing. He's just doing it all the time. And I'm getting frustrated with this. And then he's just putting players wherever. Um, so, Do you think that was what was in the folder midweek? And it was, um, he was just teeing him up for it. I think so. <laughs> You're going to be playing midfield. Uh, that's not his voice, but. <laughs> It's such sounded, a weird accent. sounded a bit Stephen Merchant for a second there. Really. Well, it's because he's not Welsh Welsh in his accent, is he? I know he is Welsh. Yeah, yeah, I get it. But you couldn't do. He doesn't talk like that, does he? It's more like that. There's a little bit of that, isn't there? <laughs> it's a tricky it's a one. Too. It's a tough it's a tricky one. one tough one. Well, um, just if it was like you're going to be, you, 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 you're going to be playing midfield uh, on Saturday, so. <laughs> Start reading the rules. Start reading up on the on the on the rules. Get a, get an early start. <laughs> I don't know because Flash School was well, saying it was a four four two, which was ridiculous. Because I think again they're going. They put oh, on a badge up front, didn't they? <laughs> they put on a badge up front. Yeah. What did uh, what did our friends at Who scored? You know, which I'm such a big fan of, as we all know. What did they say? Let's They've got it up. as a five four one. Five four one. Okay. 
okay. But I, I just I couldn't work out where Odebarjo was because he seemed to kind of be, you know, there's like there's this kind of mentality of like, oh, it's a four five one. Oh, but this player's in the midfield, and then like he, uh, you know, he converts up top when it's attacking. It felt like, oh, but when we're defending, Odebarjo drops back into right back. That's what it felt like it was. Because <laughs> they were kept saying, well, it's, it's a you in know, terms it's, of average. Oh, sorry, go on. It's a back three of they was the, you know the commentary team on my feed, which was the mm-hmm. Radio Sheffield, whoever the Chava from Radio Sheffield alongside Brian Laws was. I think it was Jonathan something, that chap. Yeah. That guy. Um, yeah. You know, it seemed like, um, you know, it, it, it they seemed to say it was a back three, and then they were saying it's It was definitely it was a back three. But then Odebarjo kept dropping into right back, I think. Well, I think he was right wing back. So I, I think it was a back three. But then I think... Because Harris, I think Harris had a free roll, right? Tended towards the right wing in that free roll, so it's right. almost like, it was, yeah, it's like an asymmetric. It was like an asymmetric four-four-one-one or something like that. Mm. Uh, it was, it was odd. It was odd, but I think Harris was, yeah. The 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 remit was to Rome, um, presumably. I don't know. <laughs> it's hard now. It, it, average positions look weird now because obviously he spent part of the second half um, genuinely playing up top on his own. So it's got him almost as central as Windass Mm -hmm. and further forward than Windass. Um, But I don't, I don't think that was right. So Uh, the thing I want to say was though, like it was also really good to see that Bannon was well, because that was an issue coming into this. They were, because apparently Bannon went off with an ankle. Apparently his ankle Mm -hmm. was swollen. Yeah. I was worried he was not going to play at all, in which case, you know, we're going to have more. Um, yeah. We're going to have more bizarre players not playing centre mid. Who, while yes. Brown and FDB look on and lament their career choices, um, <laughs> as much as I was baffled by what's going on, I mean, there was a real dash of excitement to the hijinks and chaos with who was where. Mm. And the thing I want to say from this game was I was really liking the movements from our players a lot because yeah. I've seen so many Wednesday teams away from home where it's a four five one and everybody's just so static yeah there's no great we don't really do a lot of moot sheffield wednesday this is the thing of looking at you know i was making a comment to you uh, watching reading and saying wow signing young agile quick players who can move around the pitch what a what a real revelation that is wow they must have really surprised everybody it's like (laughs) no they that's exactly what successful football teams should be doing and it's Wednesday don't do that. We have these players who are so immobile, lack so much agility, they don't get around the pitch. So the thing that I want to say was, I think the thing that's really nice about what we're seeing about this Pulis side um, is the fact we are working on the shape so much. Yeah, um, yeah. That, um, like, we have a 4-5-1 and everybody moves around as part of that shape. But then I think when the ball gets further up, then players are covering in different positions and moving up and graduating up the pitch with that. And I, I felt I saw a lot of movement today within that shape. Like, I mean, Patterson was all over the place. Yeah. In the best way. You know, it's not like I'm saying he's all over the shop, like he was out of position. <laughs> yeah. like he, he was doing great work wherever he was on the pitch. And I think Odebarjo was largely doing great work all over the pitch as well. I think there were a lot of players who did. I, I don't know how to... Uh, I don't think I can really... They, you know, there's a point where Ayorfa, I think, looked really good in the middle of the park. And I think there was a great point where, like, he went on a real marauding run, mm-hmm. which I think he was hard done to, but that's another story. I thought that. 
<laughs> I, it's interesting. I, just looking at Iorfa in that role, I sort of feel like the people who suggested it could probably come away saying, see, <laughs> he did it. Just like I said, he was physical and quick and the danger. And I really feel like the people who say, yeah, but he won't have as much time. He's going to look awkward. You know, I feel like they could say C as well. Like it was this weird mixture of performances where in some ways it was a Dr. Water. It looked, he looked very comfortable there. And as you said, there was a couple of like bursting runs, which were genuinely very exciting. And you'd love to see more of that mm. from, from a player from midfield. I, I mean, I cannot remember the last time I saw athleticism like that from the, from the midfield. Um, I mean, I genuinely am struggling to think of a player that would like knock a ball past a, a man and, and beat them for pace going around them and stuff. And that's an exciting thing to have. He's also six foot three or whatever, which means that we're not such a pushover uh, in midfield. We've got lots of tiny midfielders. Um, so that that was exciting, but there were times where he got caught in possession. There were times where he looked awkward. His first touch let him down because you just get more time to, to make those mistakes at, at the back. Most teams don't press the defenders so much that they you, that, that they're pushed into those sort of mistakes. Whereas in midfield, you you do you you know the the pressure is just naturally higher. There's more. It's a more congested area of the pitch. So I, weirdly, I sort of feel like both sides of that debate can feel like they saw what they expected to see. But I wouldn't hate seeing it again. No, I I thought it was good. I was quite impressed with that. Gonna be honest. Yeah. And it was a bright, intense start to the game. We we had a corner cleared off the line. Harris taking a corner or two. That was interesting to see. And, that was and, lovely. And what a great flick on from Burner that was. Yeah. Um, we saw that I think maybe the first positive thing to come from a, a long throw on the 28th minute, but Bannon got that volley that went straight down the keeper's throat, but still. The cute yet pithy volley. Yes, yeah. yeah. I really like the moment of the 10th minute with um, Harris doing some really great work to get the ball down there. And you think, oh, he's going to lose it because it was so difficult. And then he mm-hmm. managed to just basically burn the whoever the Norwich defender, get a few touches on it and, you know, get a, stung the ball in and put it out, you know, got a, got a corner out of it, which yeah, I yeah. think was pretty pretty good for that moment. Um, I, I 15 minute mark, that was the bit I said it felt good for all three. He did real magnificent sprints. And Norwich won a very cheap foul from the Canary defender acting like an actual Canary that had just popped its clogs. <laughs> can well, we talk that... Can we talk about, I'm just kind of maybe catching you up in terms of notes here. I'll join you at the 28th minute. I've got a few more here. We've mentioned this a bit before, right? But with the 22nd minute with Odebajo getting yeah. a yellow for a perfectly timed challenge. That was yeah. some really garbage, garbage refereeing. That yeah. was really annoying. Yeah, he I, I, that it wasn't like the short tackle, was it? It was this was whole, you know, he got the whole of the ball. It wasn't like a touch of the ball and then slipping over the top of it. It was um, the, it, it was unambiguous that he went in and won. It was a hard tackle, but he won the ball and won it well. Mm. Uh, and I, I don't think there's any foul in that at all. Um, but they didn't even get a free kick from it, did they? No, but he did give him a yellow card, which is no, I don't understand. Because Adebayo went there, they both went down. They both went it down. Seemed, it seemed like a clash but between the two of them. When Dia went down, like he'd been shot, he stayed still, which is when you're really injured. Do you remember when Ronaldo figured that out? 
I do. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there's always the real culture nature between that of like, you know, do you do you use one of your hands to kind of how do you how do you hit the ground with your other hand? You know, you know, how do you fuck yeah, the yeah, other yeah. hand? You know, you try and stay still for the rest of your body. It's a big it's a big acting decision in that moment. I've, you know? I've got to say that Buendia got on my wick. He well, was so... Buendia was the one who um, lost his rag at the halftime whistle, wasn't yeah. he? Yeah, kind of punching like a little... floor and stuff like that. I hope, so he busts his, I hope he busts his hand punching a wall one day. That would be funny. I hope the floor punches him back. In the... <laughs> <laughs> but I, I couldn't believe he didn't get a yellow for descent. He was so... Everything to him was screaming at the referee and gesticulating wildly. He just came across like such a such a prick. I would if I was the ref, I would have booked him just for that. I think that if you look in the back of the rules, that is one of them. Uh, prick. <laughs> just putting my that, notes to the FA. He's being a fucking prick. <laughs> General arseholery. Uh, speaking of things along those lines, Grant Hanley. I said he's a shit house, but that actually means it's like he is shit, and he's built like a house. <laughs> that was another one. The windass offside. Can I like? Yes. I know about that. That's really, really irate because he was offside, and we knew he was offside because this is something else. And get onto because the Norwich fans told me he was offside miles before it happened. You know, even more delayed before, like you know, the lines and puts his flag up and the referee yeah, blows a whistle. Yeah. But there's no point to Hanley clipping clipping the heels of Windass at that point. They crunched him. I know. And then the, the the Norwich fans were weirdly booing as they almost wanted their centre back to pick up his token yellow. <laughs> yeah, like, I just the ref gave us nothing in terms of kind of yellow cards. Maybe he already thought they were already yellows because they well, played it. Well, it, yeah, yeah, the, uh, yeah. It was actually it was extraordinary that the effort that Skip had to put in to win his yellow card, like he got Odebajo in a reverse headlock while he was running. Or was it Harris? It, it was it was on a badger, wasn't he? he? Had it one hand on his head, one hand around his neck. That was Skip, wasn't it? Skip that got yeah. He's the only player that got a yellow for 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 uh, that Norwich. Was a real and dirty bastard. It like, was really awful moment. I said it should be a red wanker. Such Premiership pedigree to act like a massive. Co- <laughs> I'm really I'm really earning that explicit mark against this podcast today, aren't I, Rich? You are. You are. <laughs> wow. And once again, I kind of teed God, you off one of them, but you've really, you've really run, you've made it your own. <laughs> Can I, I just go back to that, uh, the Grant Hanley situation? I actually made that note about it being a shithouse literally just before he did that. So it was actually out of context of that. It's just, I just think he's just a crap defender. And I'm kind of staggered he's found his way at Norwich, to be honest with you. But anyway, um, I said the ref's given nothing in terms of cards. Uh, Jared Gillette who we may remember for him dismissing Massimo Luongo. Mm. And uh, that was the first time we came up against him. Remember, hilariously, we said that, uh, oh, we might get a bit of benefit from this because he's, he's, he's an Aussie, just like, uh, <laughs> just like Action Mace. Action Mace. Um, but I said, Jared Gillette's garbage pandering to Delia and the X-1000 blood-blaying yellow Statler and Waldorf's in the crowd. <laughs> uh, other celebrity <laughs> fans, Stephen Fry would write, Gillette is my knob pot. Very good. <laughs> That's very, very good. 
So again, another unfairness. I'm going to have to say, I I don't know if you saw this, Rich. Did you see about the Wednesday fans who got a got a room at the Norwich Hotel? No, with a view. It's with a view, a yes, yes, oh, and they put nice. their their works off house flag out the uh, out oh, the window. Of one of the windows, I guess, because the other window would have, you know, they needed the other, the other window to see. <laughs> yeah, they needed the view. See what, see what was going on with the view. Um, apparently, that Wednesday night uh, actually got the police called on him, which wow. is uh, really, really petty. Um, can I just say, I think it's really, really, really garbage that Norwich can bring fans to their game, but you can't have Wednesday nights there. I think that's this just is... horrifically unfair. We're in a succession of uh, just baffling things with the with the coronavirus response now in the UK. So, um, so that sort of situation where there, there was a situation at a lower league uh, club um, where they they got they had a pub on the grounds and it was they the team were playing outside. Yes, that was the was that Chesterfield who were playing. They were away at like I'm some. Not sure. Yeah, but they they had to black out the windows so they couldn't yes. watch the game live, but they could watch it on a stream in the pub. It, yes, it, yes. It's because we're we're reaching a situation where then it's not. This is not about science. It's about how it's about winning points with the public. And essentially, I think two thousand fans is a PR stunt. I don't think it's enough fans to help clubs. It's a trifling portion of any of the major clubs fan bases i mean it's it's next to nothing mm-hmm. of a, you know it's worth 10 percent of a of a match day for us um it's it's a it's a pathetic sop and it was just a bit of positive pr because essentially they were leaving so many areas still in pretty strict lockdown measures it, it's <laughs> it's so weird to see one stand all these people clamored into one stand as well like if you if you're going to do this if it's about public safety you'd want them spread wouldn't you you wouldn't want them all forced into one area yeah it's just but then is, i'm, I'm sure nothing the clubs to do like... with any sound advice it's all just pr nonsense basically which is why it doesn't make sense sure Sorry. and i but i guess also like you know this is a costly time for all football clubs right but i'm sure norwich they're saying well why would we open you know several stands because it's going to cost us more in terms of staffing and manning them get them all into one but they they seemed all very clustered together i remember yeah. one moment when patterson took a throw in and you know a lot of them seem very close to the pitch and to the situation it's it's just weird it's just weird and then obviously like you'd have like shots of the norwich fans celebrating them scoring Mm. and you know the angle it was from made them look like they're all very close together so to me it looks but it does look very i suppose they're outside which is a mitigating factor but it does it does look very close together i don't know why it can't be like yeah it should be like a row (laughs) several seats sideways and at least a row either side but it didn't necessarily look that way. It sort of looked like people were spaced out width-wise. It's like um, queues. You go into somewhere like a post office that's got a snake-type queue, and people are two metres apart <laughs> one in one dimension, but they're right next to each other in the other dimension because they're snaked around each other. And you're like, this doesn't make any sense. Like, it needs to work both ways if it's going to work at all. Like, it, mm. I don't know. It's... <sighs> 
it's very weird. We're not going to fix it on this podcast, unfortunately. Um, we can yeah. pick our way through this uh, this this performance. I mean, it's a sh- the first half. W- I, I think a, re- a really strong showing against a yes. a very yes. good team. Um, you know, you know, one thing I thought was really refreshing from my halftime thoughts. You know, I, I said I really liked how you offer in the middle of the park a lot. I think you did mm. a lot of work there. It was really great to see. Um, I want to say it's refreshing to have a centre-back back and then go, let's play them in addition to the other defenders, as opposed to, oh, we've got this guy back, and he's better than the other shit that we've got at centre-back. <laughs> so let's chuck him in to just make way for that, and then we'll just keep doing that. That was Gary Monk's work, isn't it? That's just like, yeah. there's no con- there's no continuity. Well, there's no continuity because players are still constantly injured, but you're also saying there's no continuity because the players aren't very good. So we've got to kind of, whenever we get someone back who's fit, we've got to try something else. So yes. it was, even though I feel that this isn't this isn't a particularly great, you know, defense, I, I think we're making do. I think we're doing pretty damn well. Yeah. You know, thanks to the shape. I think that's really helping the players. And I think that's really helping get good, good uh, even to the point like of Van Aken. He's been... He's been an absolute revelation this season. Uh, I also loved we didn't uh, we didn't we didn't comment on it in passing, but he he had a blooming decent effort from distance uh, in the first half as well. With thirty eight minutes, whistled one past the post. That was a nice crack. Like, <laughs> it was it was good. But I think that was the evidence of the shape and how well, by and large, things are working. It's this this feels so strange. So to kind of look at the last two weeks mm. in terms of this podcast and being a Wednesday fan. Last week, we'd got a kind of nominally positive result, but it felt crap. <laughs> <laughs> and this week, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it was gutting to, 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 to lose out late on like we did. But weirdly, I feel more positive about the performance mm. than almost any other Pulis performance so far. Like this me too. Me gives too. me more hope. For the future, this was this was brilliant. As, as as this is as good as it's been, even though yeah, and probably as good as it's been this season. Really, I think probably I don't know. It's hard. There were good times. There were good times with Gary, weren't there? You remember? I guess so. I guess so. Well, I remember like that was. <laughs> I've almost made a Gary Monk reference, which is a Gary Monk Richard Miller reference. <laughs> You know, we kept saying at half time, but we threatened. And I think if we carry on, then I, I was thinking at half time, and I, I hate saying this because I feel like now I've put a, you know, I'd put a mockers on it in my own kind of <laughs> we wee-dab- dabbling of digital Evernote, but I'm sure there's plenty of other ones that are the same. You know, we could carry on and we'll win the game. Um, yeah. the, the rich uh, Gary Monk references uh, suck on those oranges, lads. <laughs> yes, yeah. What a nice, oh, chew on that pith. <laughs> You're doing you're doing well. I think. Unfortunately, I mean, tell you what, two bags of Haribo. You know, <laughs> oh, I've I've uh, I've doubled the amount I've allotted to you. Oh. I don't. So I haven't heard. We we try and sort of the podcast we try and record before the all the hot takes come in. So it's it's a kind of fresh. We we're coming in on on. Uh, seasoned by other things that we've heard by and large that's kind of what we try what we attempt to capture (laughs) um so i haven't heard the reasoning behind i offer coming off but i suppose in a way that is a it's another big chain um 
that happened in the 53rd minute. Pelupesi came on for, for Iorfa. It, it felt like an odd timing for the change. I, I hope Iorfa isn't injured. Potentially, it could just be he's been out for a long time and we're looking after him. I, I, I hope that's the case. But I don't know. Have you heard anything else about that? I've heard a snifter of a thigh injury, which is really disappointing. Because uh, that was a disappointing thing when he went off. I was like, I, I liked everything. Mm. Up, up to the point where we can see the two goals um <laughs> but um but behind that i was like it was a small criticism but i'm like i'm not a fan of these substitutions well that's so the next big thing in the game obviously is our goal it was it was very similar to to the goal in midweek but probably a better version i think it was a better cross oh. it was deeper um and dropped I mean, Windass is the only man in the in the Norwich box. They had all of their defence back, and Reach dropped it on his head, and it was a, a fairly simple finish for Windass. Um, brilliant goal, really fantastic goal, and reward for. I thought Windass did a lot of thankless work in the first half. He he had to uh, you know he had to fight very very hard to get any time on the ball whatsoever, um, and generally made good use of it when he got it. I don't think he gave it away very often, which was nice to see. So it was it was a nice reward for him um, and a great goal for, for us. And, I, and deserved, I think, in terms of the, the flow of the game. Yeah, I definitely think so. I, I thought we were, you know, we were, yeah, I, I thought we were looking like the team who was going to score. Yeah. Um, you know, even before that, I thought there was some great moments. I'll just kind of skim over quickly. 48th yeah, minute, I thought it was unfortunate that Harris kind of overran the ball. Kind of on the line, he kind of had it kind of down. But that seemed, that was a really good break. Um, Odebarge even having a good shot at the 57th minute. Do you remember that yeah. one? Yeah. That and in the, brill, in the build for that, there was some really brilliant one-two breaking from uh, Reach and Bannon. I like I like some of the build-up play and these yeah these little combinations are, are nice. It's nice to see these these little partnerships growing and things clicking. Mm. And I think Reach and Bannon have combined quite effectively a few times in the in the last few games. It's nice yeah nice to see. And that was yeah it was a decent effort. What about Joe's like I I don't know whether it's that uh, it's a recurrence that I haven't become jaded, but I, I sort of feel like he could absolutely crack one in. You know, with Harris, I'm sort of past the point of like, I just like, oh, you're going to curl it wide. Like that is, I've now seen it so often. My expectation is well, that we don't, he doesn't hit the target in those situations. I think maybe from Adabajo is that we're actually kind of seeing, we're seeing, <clears throat> I don't know if we're seeing a different player, but I think we're seeing him in a different mold. And I think yeah. it's in a different position. So I don't think it's on towards to think, to start to think and to start get a little bit, giddy at the possibility of what could he be you know what 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 could he have in his locker and what could he pull out yeah yeah you know i mentioned uh previous previous last season i think it was on the podcast you know westwood pulling a poodle rabbit out of a hat but you <laughs> yeah. know maybe maybe there's a nice cute little cute little cartoon bunny rabbit that moses could pull out of his one who knows <laughs> well fingers crossed that i think at least he's still a a worry at the mm. back um and particularly i think when he gets when somebody gets him isolated one-on-one -on -one, um he's he's not assertive and then he's overly physical which is a bad combination because he lets he lets himself get dragged into dangerous areas and then then he's over the top in terms of the physicality so he's he gives I, away penalties he gives away free kicks yeah. because of that 
But again, I think we'll see. Well, today was weird because I I don't think I think this is maybe the first time I've seen him on the Pulis at, near the back. Mm. You know, because I mean, he's been a lot further up the pitch, and it's like he's a pacey player. Yeah, he's got some real pace to burn, and he seems to have quite quite a good amount of stamina with it. Huge, yeah, huge energy. Yeah, he's. It's just that it's just an unfortunate sort of hitch in his game. I don't know whether. Because you are talking about a, a fairly senior pro now, so whether we we I think we make the same mistake with Harris to an extent, but how much how many new tricks can you can you learn when you're this late on in your career? Yeah, I still, I still sort of you can be hopeful. People can take on new things, and um, provided the environment's right and the instructions right, then I I don't think it's necessarily like a done deal of, of how somebody is, how somebody plays. Um, but with Odebadjo, it's just that, you know, the Reading game, he, he, maybe, you know, maybe that's a penalty that he gives away. He did mm-hmm. give away, it was very soft, but he gave away the foul that they scored their equaliser from. Um, it's just, it's not, by, it's not it's not like bad luck that he ends up in those situations all the time it's it's sort of an inherent he, he doesn't react properly in those situations as you should if you're if you're a good defender uh, and it, it it just it lands him in in trouble more often than not but um but I, I, as you say outside of that there's been a lot to like about the way Odebadjo's played this season he's certainly yeah i think he's won a lot of trust from from fans with with the way he's played um but again, it's a difficult thing, though. Like, I don't know. It's nice having more pace within this team. And I, mm. I think Pulis sees that, you know, and it's... It, it, the energy. That break yeah, the energy. where yeah. the yellow card came from. That's late on in the game. He's played the majority of these two games this, this week. Um, and he's still bursting past people. He's still got that, that break of pace. Mm. And that was a really dangerous situation for for Norwich had had they not pulled him down that's that was two on two or two on three it was Uh, exceptionally we talked about this before exceptionally cynical foul professional foul from Skip um but that was really annoying because it it seemed like a really promising dangerous break well two players with bags of pace running at you is is frightening as a defender especially if you're a big lumbering centre-back like Grant Hanley I imagine Harris could run run between his legs without him really noticing. <laughs> like Jack and the Beanstalk. <laughs> uh, so, six minutes after we scored, we brought on Palmer for Windass. Um, yeah, sorry, I think it was actually maybe Wind. I don't know, maybe it was Windass he talked about having a fire injury. Because, I, again, I didn't see why... There was no need to change it, was there? It was no. If it's working... I don't know if like, and that's an interesting thing with Palmer is that like he's not he's not lightning quick, but he's still pretty athletic. So I, I don't know if that was the mentality to kind of have more legs at that point. But I I don't know. There's, there's, we've talked about this before. There's no great amazing ideas on the bench, right? No, the, and yeah, I once, once again, almost everybody on is a is slightly worse than the people that are on the pitch. Mm. I don't know that that's fair on Palmer, but it's <laughs> you're certainly not. There's well, no I'm surprise he didn't start. No. I was I was a bit staggered because I was going through the lineup and I'm like, where's Palmer? Because I I still feel like Palmer should be should be in the starting eleven pretty much every game. And we changed to a slightly more standard formation, didn't it? It um, yeah, you know <laughs> you know we've we've even seen half decent performances from him at left back. 
we've seen some very good performances from left back in previous yeah. years. You know, but then I, 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 I'm enjoying what Van Aken's doing there as well, and I, I, mm. I do, I do, I really do like Liam Palmer. I think he's got so much to offer us. It's unfortunate that we've kind of happened on an effective backline that doesn't involve him. Uh, but I've got no qualms with him dropping in when needed, and, and yeah. it, it's just the shift. It's it's the shift from it's a it's a defensive move, isn't it? So Palmer drops in at um, the the right wing back position. Odebajo moves up to where sort of where Harris is playing, but much more stable. So we go to a four um, four across the midfield with Harris very much on his own up top, kind of doing what basically doing what he did midweek. You know, just run. Um, we we try and run down lost causes and and stop them from just wandering into our half. Although I I don't think it was as effective to, to uh, today. I think Reading it did stop their centre backs having any influence. Um, but actually we did see we did see Hanley in our half. Um, we did see Gibson in our half taking the ball through and and, and 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 sort of causing some problems. So I, I don't know that, yeah, I don't know that it quite had the impact, the desired effect this time around. Mm. Um, although Harris did, I mean, with that, we got another chance, 75th minute, um, really strong running from Harris, played a decent ball across to Pelopesi, and Pelopesi got hold of it, but it was straight at the goalkeeper, unfortunately. Mm. Um, and that could have been, I mean, that's, that's another what might have been moment because... Going two goals up in this game, I th- I think Norwich might well have fallen apart. Right. Can I go back a few minutes b- before Please, that? Yeah. Just kind of run yeah. over a couple of uh, uh, situations. Um, uh, the 68th minute is uh, Paris goes down on a through ball. Mm. What do you think about that as a penalty shout? Uh, I'm thinking that might have been the part of the match where my stream was not working. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, you missed that. Okay. I yeah, thought that was probably... Well. I thought it could be a penalty. I thought that... But then, hilariously, another minute afterwards, Harris looked to get a second attempt at a penalty. And actually, it was a well-timed challenge. It was one where uh, whoever the Norwich player was defending got the ball, but then essentially just afterwards just kind of took Harris, and I think Harris was looking for it. Um, the first one I want to say, I don't think I don't think Harris is very good at winning penalties. No. Um, I don't know. I mean, this is the thing with Norwich is like, I look at them today and it really irked me for, um, it irked me for the whole situation. The fact we were away, the fact that Norwich fans are allowed to be there. I get to hear them baying for yellow cards and booing yeah. and telling the our goalkeeper that he's shit. And, you know, all that kind of stuff that kind of comes from being a fan at games, but we weren't there to have a voice in that. And that was upsetting. And I think that probably had some little bit of influence as well, you know, because, possibly, yeah. you know, I, I don't think you can kind of discount that. I don't think I'm not going to look at that and say, that's the reason why we lost. Um, the reason why we lost is I don't I think there's, there's multiple ways to look at this, but mm-hmm. in kudos and, you know, in I'm, I'm kind of sick of every week coming on this podcast <coughs> and saying, oh, this team we played today, they're really good side. Like, it mm. seems like everybody's a good side apart from us right now, which is really heartbreaking. And we played one of those crap teams, and that was Wickham, and we lost. And we absolutely should I have I think that's the, that's the tricky thing with Pul- where Pulis has come in, though. We let Monk have that run where it was mm. we should have won every game. And all, 
maybe that's not fair. Maybe not win. We should have won every game, but they are games that were all winnable. We uh, should have got about six points from twelve at the very least. Probably. Know? And we the weird thing is that Bournemouth were the one that we beat. Um, <laughs> that's so. Well, that was after that, wasn't it? It was after that run. But out of those yeah. four games, you're looking at three or five games. You know, but but of those four games, you're looking at three where we've got to back ourselves. If we're not a relegation side, or if we're not going to get relegated, we've got to back ourselves to take more points mm. than than we did in those games. Then you go get to Bournemouth where you're like, well, fingers crossed, you know, to an extent. Um, the weird thing is that's the one that we won and we, we lost all the other three. But the by this has been a very tough period. I, I, I agree with you. It feels like we're saying every week, oh, this is a good side. But actually we have come up, in terms of a run, this Swansea, Stoke, Reading, Norwich. That's a pretty tough one. It's pretty much as uh, yeah. In, in this league, that is as, almost as tough a run as you could get. It's a kind of you're playing four or five out of of four of the top six or seven clubs in the in the league, undoubtedly there. Um, but I do, I do, I do. I share your frustration. I know, <laughs> I know. The, we're kind of timidly the next... holding our little shield and hoping for the best <laughs> i know the next four games i mean is away at huddersfield home to barnsley away at nottingham home to coventry their teams effectively very much around us in this lower half of the table you know to, to yeah. various different degrees so i mean that's should be touch wood should be a much kinder run but i mean we don't know i mean we'll see what happens but i mean i mean yeah but i mean that's the thing to look at norwich was you know they've they're a team. They've come down. They've got a really impressive side. They've got so much agility, mobility on the ball. So many talented players from deep. They can bring options off the bench. And the thing that I thought was really nasty and I really didn't like is the fact that they've got some nasty players who can kick and punch for every mm-hmm. 50-50. You know? Yeah. And I think and I think that tenacity that they had kept them in this game. I think that I also think... I, th- I think the, the, the week caught up with us. I think the hour playing with 10 men caught up with us. I think uh, this is a very good side. I think, the, the, you know, consensus favourites to win the league, Norwich. Of all yes. the good sides, they're supposedly the best. Whatever the league table tells. I think at some points today they were like sixth and they were also first. It, it, it's kind of we're in that sort of period and the championship is the championship. But... In terms of that squad, that consistency, the manager, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, it all points towards this is these these are one of the team. If you if you beat if you finish ahead of Norwich, you've probably got promoted this season. Yes. Um, so that you know, undoubtedly they're they're right up there, and we did a we did a tremendous job on them. It wasn't this wasn't like Reading where it was just shot after shot, chance after chance, escape. You know, performing miracles to escape. We pretty much handled them. There was not a huge amount that 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 uh, Wildsmith had to do today, um, mm. and I and particularly you know Puki is a, a fine fine striker, possibly the best striker in this league. And sometimes one man against three can make can make a mockery of that system. We've seen it happen for us. We've seen it happen against us. Um, Fletcher loved playing against threes because he would just vacate the space, and then you got three guys doing nothing. And then he just makes, you know, he 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 made the game revolve around him away from those defenders. And, and you know, he absolutely loved it. I always felt like we were on a good, <laughs> you know, we were on a good wicket if um, if they were playing three up against Fletcher. So it takes from the defence talking to each other. 
that's a huge effort of communication. You've got to keep watching him because it's no one man. You can't. We, we didn't have somebody following Pookie around. We kept us. We kept our positions. So that means you always need to make a note of where he is, where everybody is, handing players off. And we did tremendously well at that. You could see players pointing, talking. It's nice to see the shape. It's been incredible how quickly Pulis has made us so much more sturdy in the shape. But it just suddenly broke. <laughs> and I don't know. It, it might well be that you know, you're know you talking about two hours and 20 minutes of just constantly being under pressure. Um, mentally, the toll that takes is is huge. I but it was just it little is. things yeah. started to break. Wildsmith's kicking was just poor. He There's two or three times where he just handed it straight back to, to Norwich. Um, and that means the defence doesn't get that doesn't get a moment of respite you know get clearing the ball what field should be right let's breathe let's take 30 seconds let's check in let's see where everyone's at it just wasn't happening because um there was one where wildsmith took a touch and then the defender was nearly on top of him and he barely cleared our box with his kick it went straight up in the air and landed about 10 feet outside of the box so immediately we're right under pressure again his next kick went straight to their man on the halfway line so there just there was no breathing space no moments to to catch your breath kind of keep up with them and you could see how tired we were patterson at one point did a long throw that didn't even make the box you know i think that kind of it was a a, a powerful showing of yeah just how worn down these players have been by yeah. the, the, what they've put out on the pitch. But it should doesn't we, make it frustrating, the goals. Should we go through the goals, the Norwich goals? Yeah, there. let's do it. I think we've, unfortunately, we've um, we've exhausted the other things. <laughs> um, it was just such a good, good punch, that first, that first one especially. Mm. Um, the fact that they've managed to make JVA, um, that was really disappointing to start with. I think the bigger disappointment is how badly Wildsmith did with that one. I really felt Wildsmith should be out closing it down. He's incredibly slow off his line there. Yeah. yeah. It, it, I actually... <laughs> I, I I think he should have done much better with both the goals. Uh, I think this mm, one... This, this one was less skill. You know, I think... I think it's a very... The second goal is a very good shot that required a very good save. This was just simply not reacting in time to the situation, and, and their their player being sharper, fresher. He's just come off the off the bench. Um, it just looked such a uh, we just looked leg weary at that moment. I thought that reaction where it went through his legs yeah. and kind of he turned himself inside out trying to kind of correct it, but the ball had long gone. Um, I think there was a player directly behind him who, again, if you're sharp, if you're if you're there mentally, if you're there physically, you probably he probably could have reacted to to block off the the lane that it was going into. As well. Yeah, was that but Lee's at that point? Or might well have been. That sort of makes sense. If it was, I thought it was Lee's that was megged, but maybe it was. Um, if it was JVA that was megged, then it would have been it would have been Lee or Borner. I'm not sure, but it there was just another player that like. You stick a foot out, you kind of block it. Maybe it doesn't happen, but again, yeah. it just—it was almost just a moment of premonition. We just felt it just sagged. The shape that had been so strong and so good just sagged <laughs> for like a ten seconds, twenty seconds. Yeah, yeah. and then the goal happened. Yeah, Vrancic um, looks a heck of a player, but I think he got lucky with that pass. It wasn't a great pass. It just mm. went through the player's legs. I know. Uh, I know. It wasn't incisive through pass. It was, it was clever. One that it was, was clever. 
Yeah. I just thought it was fortuitous. Incredibly, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the second one's a sickener. I think Reach is the first person who misses out. Reach gives a really half-hearted little kind of... For, for Reach, who had such a fantastic game, I thought, today. Um, I think he had a... He did, did make a, bit, a big, big mistake. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. <laughs> One of the biggest mistakes we've ever had. <laughs> no, it's it's a sh- it's a shame. I mean, I'd I'd love to know how far someone like Adam Reach has run um, across these two games, but yeah, yeah, it's yeah, he struggles. Um, the run doesn't get tracked properly by anybody. Both the runs were completely untracked by anybody. Yeah, yeah. Um, just a bit off someone just taking a touch or making a tackle in that situation. Yeah. It didn't yeah. seem didn't seem too off, you know. No, not miles off, but enough. That's the tricky thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and but that see, I yeah, the second one to me again. I know everybody's so worried about getting beat at their near post, and we do come down on goalkeepers for getting beat at their near post. But Wild Smith has a habit. He's so worried about the near post, he gives up too much of the goal. Like yeah. This is not the first time we've had this criticism about him. And if you look at his body position, he's like bent in, like he's covering the post already before Aaron's hits the shot. He's so he's so paranoid about getting beat at that near post. He gives, even though it's a really tight angle, he gives a huge amount of space to Aaron's to hit. He hits it really well. It's a really good shot and a fast shot. So he doesn't have the chance, Wildsmith, then to react and get his hand out but he he sort of contorted himself around the post and almost made it impossible for himself to then save it he's moved all his shifted all his momentum shifted all his body weight mm-hmm. into covering the post um just again it, it's churlish we it is not wildsmith's fault that goal i think maybe the first one there's a question mark i think I definitely think the first one he could have could done better. Uh, yeah. The second one, I think, is more... I think it's unfortunate. I'm going to give like a bit of... It's unfortunate Van Aken getting megged and you know the possibility of the second defender, be that, Le, be that Lees, be it Burner, who's mm. not on, you know, not able to get a mop up and get a touch to that, you know, take a bit of the, you know, take it out of his path or take the momentum out of the play. And then, you know, what happens next is whatever up. But Wildsmith really should be coming out a lot more for the first one. Yeah. Second one feels more of a failure of defending. I'm going to be honest. Yeah. I, I, I agree. I agree. There's things that should happen before. It's a bit like the, the Reading goal. Like it shouldn't, it's a failure of defending that Wildsmith is in that position to be exposed Mm. it's just again this nagging back of your mind feeling that could a better goalkeeper could 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 we have been could we have avoided with a better goalkeeper and i think yes is the answer well that's that's most wednesday Wednesday can see the goals this season i know i mean once undoubtedly pulled off i i think the save from the volley midweek was was you know was right up there i mean what you know world class whatever that means but mm. that was a tremendous reaction save it's it's sort of straight at him but it's past him before he he manages to get get a hand to it that's a really really good save mm. but it's <laughs> it's the guys that consistently do that and i think that's where what we've been spoiled i think westwood um i think lee grant i think 
Scott Carson. I don't know. I mean, there's been gaps between those. That is not a um, <laughs> a gapless list of goalkeepers. Mm. But we have been blessed with some tremendous point-winning, point-saving goalkeepers. Yeah. So we are judging, but we're judging on a we're marking harshly because we know what can be. Um, it's just a shame to feel that we are a bit deficient there. I still hope, alongside a striker, I hope we're looking for an opportunity on the goalkeeping side of things. Me too, me too. Because Westwood think, um... make the sort of save that Wildsmith made, and it was a very good save. That was like, Westwood didn't make one of those a game. I know, I know. That was kind of like par for the course. And he'd also block, rush out and block things. and do. He, yeah, it's the command of the box, it's the the bravery, it's the timing, all those things have huge effects. Um we did have a we did have a go, which I was pleased about. Um we brought on Kachunga and um and Izzy Brown to try and have a go at, at them. We had a really close header from Patterson. Yes. Um I've got to say Izzy Brown looks rusty. Rusty as balls. Almost every cut was terrible when he came on. Yep. I mean, I ninety first minute made a note. Brown does a poo again after a great cutback from Reed. <laughs> he had two or three moments where a little bit of quality, a little bit of guile, he might have made something, and he looked, he looked awful. This in terms of cameos, I know. That make I know. I know. <laughs> Which is disappointing because I'm like I'm looking at this team and thinking, you know, there's plenty of great midfield players I think we have at the club who we can bring in this situation and you've espoused all of them and then I'm like you know I'm not I'm not being vindicated by his cameos of appearance it's not it's not good it's really not good the last three appearances I think from him have been poor I I don't did he did he get on midweek I didn't see I didn't see the second half midweek did he get on I think he did. I've I've closed that tab to allow myself to zero in on what was important. Um, No, he didn't. Okay, I thought I thought maybe he had, but no, no, he didn't get in. Well, definitely the last two appearances, the ones that we've covered on this podcast in full, have been have been poor. Isn't this the tricky thing though, where there's no kind of consistency to reserve football or under twenty threes football? Like, well, they can't play, but. I know they can play, but I, they don't ever seem to. Like, how many how many under-23s matches have we been saying, oh, this could be Shea Dunkley back in action, and he's he's, no, he's nowhere near. Yeah, uh, but it's, it feels like he's going to have... It's a, we're in a kind of... It's not catch-22. It's not that dramatic, but he's only going to get his touch back by playing games. Oh, uh, yeah. Whether yeah. it's touch or confidence, I don't know. But he looks completely bereft of confidence because mm. he had those terrible touches, and then there was a moment. There was a moment. Just it was like a simple. He just had to pass it up the line to Palmer. It was like it came to him from a throw-in, and he like bounced it off their defender. Then it came back to him, and he just about struggled to kind of turn around and play it back to Bannon. And I don't know for for a guy that was standing out for being so unhurried. <laughs> um, yeah, I know. Every time it. Every time it seems like he's showing himself. Yeah. 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 I know he, I know, I remember we, we did sort of mark when he came, he, he talked about how Monk had sort of kind of buttered him up. And that was one of the reasons he'd come, you know, he'd said he really believes in him, thinks he's a great player. Mm. Maybe he's not getting the, the same quite, love from Tony, the buttering he needs. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> 
Needs needs more butter. Uh, anything else notes wise, or should we do some some player ratings? Funny enough, I actually made a note say Pookie doesn't look as good as he used to be, and then I made mm. that note, and then he had that shot, which you know would have been on target and would have been a difficult save had Wildsmith had to make it, but was deflected wide at that point. I think, I think he's we just d- back from injury, by the way. I think that was his right. First I I think we also did a good job of making him look quite ordinary. Mm. I think. Yeah. You know, that's the, that's the tricky thing with this game because yeah, I thought the back three did by and large did fantastically well. It's just mm-hmm. it kind of fell apart for five minutes towards the towards the end of the game, and that's irredeemable. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. we're not going to score two, three, four goals against a team like Norwich. <laughs> so yep. when we get that one, we need to really protect it like our lives depend on it. Um, okay, so Pookie was a bit poopy, but maybe that's good. <laughs> uh, so let's go for some te- some ratings, and let's talk about Wildsmith first and foremost. This is a tough one. Um, he was brilliant midweek. He wasn't as good today, but I felt for a lot of it, like so much of this, got to the point where you know we had some crazy tired moments and mm. you know, lost our head and conceded. He didn't have a great deal to do, and that was really good. And I think with what he did before then was quite good. Big questions over that first goal for me. Yeah. Um, I don't want to slag him off too much. I don't want to start the circle of Tosh, and I don't think um, I don't think uh, Tony Tony Pulis is going to be getting started on that, which is good. I don't know. I, I'm really curious what happens if Westwood comes back and if he's fit. Yes, that's that is. Interesting, isn't I'm it? I'm also wondering whether I I don't know. Maybe maybe Pulis might have a think about maybe I'll look at Dawson at some point. I don't think it's got there. I don't think this was terrible. No, no. This wasn't as this was nowhere near as bad as um, you know, Dawson, you know, just having an absolute nightmare against Rotherham when we lost yeah. Yeah. way there three nil. Um but it's still showing I don't know. I I, I think it's interesting you say you know we've been we have been blessed in previous years. It's not been a problematic area. Now we're having a difficult time because we haven't made it a priority because there are so many priorities across, over the pitch to look for a new goalkeeper. But we definitely need we definitely need a new goalkeeper. I'm happy with Wildsmith being number one until that happens. I'm happy with him being the competent number two. I think he's the best of the other options. Yeah. Um. I really really hope that. There's some juice left to be had in Kieran Westwood, but I I have zero expectation of it happening. But I don't know. I, I feel like maybe yeah. if he comes back and he gets up to fitness, and I feel like Pulis might look look his way to bring him in. You know, he you know pulled the blunder against um, was it Preston? Yes, yeah. Um, but maybe maybe there's some life there left in him. I don't know. I really really don't know. Um, I think I I'm going to give him a six today. Yeah, fair enough. I think undoubtedly Westwood, in terms of the talking, the organising, that side of things, um, um, like a player we talk about probably more often than than uh, we should. But Stephen Bywater style, you know, that side of things that Bywater was so good at. I think Westwood is still leagues ahead of the other two. I don't. You don't hear them talking. You don't hear them shouting. 
Um, and I do think that's a big part of what a goalkeeper needs to do. They have a different perspective on the pitch than almost anybody else, um, and they need to use that. They need to vocalise what they're seeing. They can spot situations that other players aren't able to because of they, they you know, they they kind of got a privileged insight into things. Um, so, so we that that's a that's a miss that we don't, we have with the other younger two the question about about Westwood is what's what's left sort of bodily I think um <laughs> uh and that's that's a big question he's he's no spring chicken um anyway the six for Wildsmith seems seems fair enough just in terms of the sort of game he had they had four shots on target the first two were in the first five minutes the other two were the goals so in terms of what Wildsmith had to do with saves uh you know, pretty much that second half. If 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 it was a shot and it was on target, it went it went in, which doesn't look great. You can have wonderful efforts that are unsavable, but it just on the face of it, that doesn't look very good, does it? Two shots faced and two goals, um, which is why he's who scored wise. He's the lowest rated player on the pitch and and um, the lowest Wednesday player by a distance. Mm-hmm. Um. This is weird. Let's do the back three and then we'll do the, the wing backs just because I don't know why. Um, let's go to Tom Lees. Um, this was a TJ Maxx with 1X performance. Okay, nice. On the new <laughs> TJ ranking scale. scale. <laughs> and just for the time being, as we said, on the in, as we're making this transition to the TJ Maxx scale, we're just going to give the numerical value as well. So would that where would that put him? That would be a seven. Seven. Fair enough. I think that's that's a that's a good score. Um, Julian Berner. Julia, Julian Berner. Um, Berner was yeah. I'm going to give him a seven point five. I thought he was he was pretty good today. I thought he was very full blooded. He had some great moments. I love that flick on in the first half. Um, some really good defensive moments as well. Just all around. I thought he was great all around. Me too. Me too. And I think there's also the last couple of games he's been in those moments where. He's a bit further forward, and he doesn't just immediately mess his trousers. He seems to, you know, have a bit of wherewithal and a, th- a bit of thinking about him. And he, you know, he tends to do something useful with the ball, which is very nice. Um, Jos van Aken or van Aken? Van Aken was good. Um, maybe just a slight blip for that moment, but yeah. um, maybe a seven. I'm going to say. Fair dues. Moses Adabajo. I thought it was quite good. I'm going to give him a seven. I thought it was a decent, uh, decent performance. Yeah, yeah, I think he, I think he did did well again, and in no way deserved that yellow card. That was nonsense. Uh, Adam Reach, Adam Reach, um, really, really good today. I'm gonna give him. I'm gonna go for an eight for Adam Reach. I just thought he was fantastic. Um, he did some brilliant. I, there was one moment I think I skipped over in terms of my notes. Um, a bit in defence with possession. He has the ball probably about. On our left side, probably about kind of about halfway in a half, um, just languidly lets two Norwich players, one pincering from the top and one coming directly at him, <laughs> lets them come towards him, and then with one touch and a burst of speed, does one, sends that guy for a hot dog and plays it across <laughs> the pitch for a lovely, lovely pass in possession. That was fantastic. And who could forget, that was just such a beautiful... That was probably one of my favourite crosses I think I've seen Picture as perfect. on Wednesday night. Um I remember Jack Hunt under the time of Carvajal doing oh, yeah. doing a very similar from deep, lovely from deep curling cross that just 
just perfect. Um, you know, Windus didn't have to, didn't have to do anything. I mean, maybe you know he put on the plate for him. Windus, all he had to do was basically just took took in his napkin and pick up his fork to chow on. down on that one. Delicious. <laughs> yeah, that the thing. That's the thing, isn't it? With delivery, you know, people talk about bodies in the box, but if you've got if you can produce that sort of quality, you completely flip the odds. Because if you can find the body in the box, that's almost impossible to defend. We had the similar, I can't remember what game it was, where um, there was a late, late equaliser. Was it QPR? Mm-hmm. But it was the same thing. Like, it doesn't matter how well you're defending and how many bodies you've got there. If the ball is just precisely on the head of the guy that you want to get it to, that's a very, very difficult thing to defend against and a very easy chance to take when you're window so it was just it was tremendous absolutely tremendous mm-hmm. um i'm gonna take the midfield three and then harris separately even though that's not how it is on this uh, picture i'm looking at so i'm gonna go patterson next patterson i'm gonna go for 7.5 for patterson i thought he was oh. great i thought he was um he was here there and everywhere he was everywhere and nowhere baby um just he's really good i just this Jeffrey wednesday so he's, he's got to he be is good. he really <laughs> is um i'm really liking it's interesting because i i don't know maybe i agree slightly with tony pulis he's not quite a striker but then who kind of else is and but it just he does great work all over the pitch yeah really i just i like him in defense i like him on the throws he's got a little bit of everything in his locker in his little toolbox for us fantastic yes yeah He's like, you know, in entertainment, they talk about, like, multi-hyphenates. Yes. He's he's like a multi-hyphenate player, isn't he? Do you think he's, 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 the, do you think he's the Donald Glover of Sheffield Wednesday right now? He definitely is. <laughs> um, Dominic Iolfa making his his midfield debut. I'm going to go for an eight for Iolfa. I'm really wow. disappointed we didn't get to see more from Iolfa. I loved him all over the place. You know, again... That just gives him, he can mop things up, he can get around, he can burst forward. Um, he's, uh, he's, yeah, it's, um, <laughs> it's Dominic Iorfa gets some four by four wheels on him and goes off road. You know, <laughs> we've, we've, well, we've got some. It's even better than that. He starts off road in midfield, doesn't he? Like, he's. <laughs> He's taking the car off the road from defence. And you're like, whoa, whoa, what about the road, Dominic? Whereas in midfield, it's just like, yeah, have at it. This is, you brought your mud tyres. Let's go. Dominic Iorfa's monster truck tyres. <laughs> yeah. He's just chewing over cars. Loves it. I just, oh, I'm so annoyed he went off. I really hope he's not injured. I hope I so. really hope we don't have to, because I, I really want to see him back and in this position. Finally, I think we've been crying out for someone to do, you know, do the defensive dirty work, but just have so much panache and flair, a bit of flair to his game. You know, he can crank out with something. I'm really excited. I'm going to calm down. Yeah. I'm going to start yes. doing some breathing exercises. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's it, it, it's so nice to see an experiment like that. And you're like, yeah, I'd do that again. I'd do that again. Definitely. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, and you know in terms of his we're always worried about him getting sold you get more money for a for a midfielder than a defender i think so let's you know it's all it's all it's all gravy gravy Uh, (laughs) we baz barry bannon bannon was bannon was all right i think he was good um i liked more of his work i don't remember much of him kind of getting forward um 
in a weird way, though, kind of nice to have a performance where he wasn't the heartbeat of everything. Like, a, mm. I, know, I know we lost the end, but like a positive performance where we could have won this easily won this game on another day. You know, this was a, this was yeah. a fast margin sort of game. Mm-hmm. And actually, we weren't wholly reliant on Barry Bannon dragging us through it, which is how this season has mainly been. It's been everybody else kind of watching Bannon, you know, like the strongman event where they like pull a train with their teeth <laughs> or whatever. Like, but everyone's been cheering Bannon on to do that. They've been part of the effort, but it's mm. all Bannon. And it's nice to have a performance where actually, no, it wasn't. He wasn't the big, the be all and end all. There was, it, everything else was going on around him. If he can then be a positive addition to everything, then that's quite, that again is another sort of positive prospect for the Yeah. Season. I, I, this sounds weird because I, I kind of we kind of expect more juice from him going forward, but I, I want to give him a seven point five because I think he did so much to keep possession and keep possession mm. and keep things moving around. Yeah, and defense, including some great moments in Clatter One where we were under pressure, and he did this beautiful kind of backwards flick out. Oh, I loved that. That was so. That was it was so yeah, good. almost like the reach moment with the kind of like waiting till the Norwich players had committed and then absolutely selling Lovely. them down the doing them great <laughs> that was so good um then we come to kadeem harris kadeem harris i'm gonna give a seven two i think was still still a very consistent kadeem harris performance mm. still still very good um i'm just just waiting for that magic end product I, I he i really feel like you know there's like that kind of lie about how we talk about like teams oh they're due a win yes you know but I feel like Kadeem Harris is due. He's going to perfect the Harris, you know. He's going to be, yeah. He's going to just beam, beam one into the top corner, and we could all breathe a sigh of relief and be like, "It was worth the wait." You know, it's it feels like the the you know it's like waiting for Guns N' Roses Chinese Democracy and it actually being very good. You know, it was worth the wait for. It was worth the wait. Well, think it's worth crossed, the wait when he beams one in. Yeah. Um. Then Josh Windus plowing that, that lone furrow up top. Windus, this was funny because I was, I was almost kind of watching the game, thinking ahead of time and thinking, God, he's, he's been a player who's done nothing. You know, I barely remember anything he did on the ball. I think he still did a job. Um, yeah. But yeah. There he was and he scored a goal. And he was just, yeah. you know, he was there existing within that, um, you know, the postage stamp was, it was a really big postage stamp. But, you know, he, he could have been anywhere within that. But he, he was basically in the perfect position, just stood ready and waiting and just giving it the most simple guiding header in from uh, from Reach's yeah. beautiful deep cross, curling deep cross. Um, yeah, I, I, he's, I think we can I, give I him a seven. Yeah. OK, fair enough. Yeah. I th- it's hard because, you know, we know going in, he knows going in to a game like today. This is a tough job to do, <laughs> you know, just being the low man up front. You have to work very, very hard. You're feeding off scraps. Um, but I I just, what I like about him playing up there, and I don't know that anybody else necessarily has it, there's a sharpness to his play. So I feel like, I feel like as a defender playing against him, you've got to be constantly on your guard. There was a moment where Gibson, I think it was, like kind of blindly turned on the ball and like Windass was there and I don't know that anybody else is quite quick enough or sharp enough to have been have to kind of been there to almost punish him for that mistake he didn't quite make the mistake in the end he you know quick kind of quickly kind of bailed out of the movie he was going to do but like 
that that kind of charging it down and and sne- you know almost sort of sneaking into positions to be to pop up where you're not expected to be. I think Windus is as good as, is is better than anybody else in the squad doing it. It just it, you're going to be anonymous most of the time, uh, it, it, and all you can ask is if the, if he does get that chance to put it away, and, and he did. So um, I think seven's potentially a touch on the harsh side, but I, I'm I'm happy to sort of go with it because by and large he was just just moving around but you know he wasn't doing very much on the ball um so Pe- joey pelopesi was the first sub that came on 53rd oh, minutes this was what might I'm have just been thinking it was just so disappointing to think again <laughs> that like i don't know i'm, I'm really curious <laughs> i'm really really curious to look back on that decision we made at the end of last season where we made retentions and we activated a clause in pelopesi's contract to keep him around for another year yeah, I don't think he's been embarrassing this year. I don't think he's been terrible. Um, still, I don't know. It it it's um, you're going to be at a huge loss when you're going to take off Dominic Iorfa at the 15 minute for whatever reason. Maybe he was tired. Maybe it was. I really hope it's not an injury. Maybe it was that. Um, but to have to bring him on to replace and do all the things that you felt that Iorfa was doing um, is just going to be a loss before. The ball is kicked. Um, yeah, I think we did say when when that decision was made. I mean, you, you, I was slightly more positive about it than you were. <laughs> it wouldn't have been hard. Um, <laughs> but I, I think we both sort of said a lot of this depends on how much he plays. You know, if Pelupesi is there and he is a drop in every now and then, third or fourth choice, that's one thing. But I, I, I'm, I'm not going to go back and look at it, but. I feel like Pelopesi's played almost every game, uh, played a part in almost every game this season. And that is quite mm. different. That's quite different to being a guy... I think that's more than he played last season. I I, I, I don't know. I mean, may, I might be proved wrong when, when well, we look at the actual statistics, statistics but... It, to look at the stats of that, Rich, just okay. to kind of support your point. So right now... This kind of reads a bit like Lucas Shaw, like last season scored six goals. <laughs> now he's on thirteen or fourteen. Now I think it is. Uh, last season, Pelopesi played seventeen games. Uh, this season, he's played eleven already. Right. Yeah. So there you it's go. Been like two games, he's missed out on. No, it's been at five games. He's five games. He's missed out on. <laughs> it was a shame that 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 chance landed with him. Um... <laughs> He just almost anybody else on the pitch is who you the want. The fact that he had the engine to get forward is something to be commended. Yeah. You know, I think that's something to look at on a positive side. But, you know, from my notes, I don't think I share this. I said, could he have done better? I was like, well, I don't really expect anything better from Joey Pelopesi in that yeah. situation. So, no. A player, an amorphous blob of football player, could and probably should do better in that situation. Could Joey Pelupesi do better than he did in that situation? Probably not. That's probably about as good as it gets. Yeah. Um, he had two shots because he, he had a wild uh, speculative effort as well, didn't he? Um, from sure. Distance. He's trying to relive uh, that uh, goal against Millwall he pulled out of nowhere. <laughs> yes. Yeah. He had a few of those on his highlight reel when he came to us, but um, we can see why they... You know, when they happen, they're spectacular because it's just like a, 
it's a finger in the air and a hope for the best. Um, but, but also, I think it was really telling of the Dutch, you know, the quality of the Dutch league. Um, you know, he was a captain for his, for Heron Vane. Um, uh, yeah, not nowhere near the. But I don't know. Like that. That's an interesting point, Rich. I mean, with the with the Dutch winds suddenly lowering the altitude of the ball so much that it goes in. <laughs> well, being below sea level has an impact on those volleys. Oh, there we go. There we go. You know, like um, Denver in in the American football, the 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 by uh, almost every kickoff it goes straight out of play because the uh, the air's so thin. It's the it's the opposite in uh, <laughs> in 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 uh, in Holland. You can um, you can really smash a volley and it, it dips beautifully because of the added gravity. <laughs> the, the, no, the thickness of the air. Um, sorry, what a silly thing to start talking about. Um, <laughs> Liam Palmer was next on for Trumpy. Palmer Bond. was fine. Um, did yeah, I didn't give a rate? Nice capacity, did I? Oh, sorry, sorry. Mm, six. Six. Yeah. Might I might start introducing him as Pelupesi Six. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Did Pelupesi Six get onto the pitch today, Luke? Yes, he did. Okay. You've heard of Ben Ten. Now it's Joey Six. <laughs> Joey Six. Joey S Six. Um, <laughs> he works on many levels. Palmer, the good cross, the, the Patterson header, that was his cross, wasn't it, I think? Um, the Patterson header late on, which he sort of boomed against the floor and it hit the, dramatically hit the the sort of um, the net support, which made half the ground think it was in. The uh, only way is Joey Essex. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sorry. Let's <laughs> get that out before I move on. Palmer, yes. Yeah. And there's 50 minutes gone and you've just lost Dom. The only way is... Joey Essex, uh, Liam Palmer. Yeah, did you give did you give Liam Palmer a score? Uh, let's go with a six point five. Six point five, a pessy and a half. Uh, <laughs> we then had we had the two shiny shiny boys that came on right at the end to turn things around, win the game for us. Izzy, Isaiah Brown, and Elias Kachunga. Brown came on to the poo, didn't he? He did a poo. Kachunga did nothing. But is it better to? Is it better to have played and pooed or to have not played at all? That's the question here. <laughs> Who gets the better score from Luke? <laughs> it's going to be Kachunga. Kachunga gets a f- Kachunga's going to get a six. <laughs> I'm going to give a 5.5. Anonymity, so anonymity is better than <laughs> doing an infamous poo. Fair it's enough. Just, I, it's like, just like me, you know, I'm going to do come and do some coaching, join Tony Pulis's team. I'm going to be there on the side bellowing at Izzy Brown. You should have done nothing, Izzy. That would have been better. <laughs> if you're not feeling it, get out of the way. Just hide on the wing. I said, I've told you this before, Izzy. You know, the song I keep playing in the changing room is Higher by the Saturdays. It's Joey Pelsey's anthem. And it's uh, some days I'm doing nothing because then I know that I'm doing nothing wrong. Oh, it's a while since we talked about the Saturdays. I'm really pleased that they're back for in the in the pod. <laughs> Mitch Tink and the boys. Is that it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Dido Rabbit and yeah, Mitch Tink. Um, right. So a weird, yeah, a weird, a weird week, a weird game. Um, a strange sensation to feel oddly more positive after a loss than a draw. But hopefully, I think we can, if we can pick the positives out of that ge- that that game and take them into the next run of games, we might get one of those win things, Luke. Do you think it's a possibility? I can only dream of it. I was really hoping today was going to be the day. 
it you know, it's, it's felt it's like it was going to be. So it's we haven't won in six now. Yeah. Uh, you know, still. I mean, I'm more positive about. You know, it's funny. You know, Wednesday played Stoke the other day, and uh, you know, Paul Walker commented and commentated, and then he, after commentating, he commented on Twitter. <laughs> saying it was one of the worst games he's seen yeah and i kind of felt like chiming in saying well for me as a wednesday fan i've seen a lot worse things as a wednesday fan oh yeah so what does that say about us and the football we've been served you know um it was it's not even in it's not one of it's not even my worst game against stoke i think it's it may break the top five worst games against stoke but there's competition there yeah. What else would be on your list of, you know, games uh, you slide against Stoke? <laughs> it's a sorry tale and I don't I don't think we need to go through all of them, but I do the the only time I've ever left a game early was a game against Stoke. Wow. It was it was a typical one of those where it was one one it was one I think they were one nil up and we were chasing it at Hillsborough and then and then they they scored against the runner play kind of thing, and it was just it was an absolute sickener. We weren't even doing good chasing, but um, that would have been quite a while ago. But yeah, I, I, I it was a weird comment to make. I, Paul Walker was he's a fine journalist, but I think I always remember on Radio Sheffield he was the one of the most clearly Sheffield United supporting people that they've had on there. I think most of them do quite a good job of maintaining a, an air of neutrality, uh, but Paul Walker was. Well, he was called Piggy Walker for a reason, wasn't he? He was and Wall Walker. Yes, Wall Walker as well. You know, several several nicknames that point to his um, his his allegiances, uh, which is not really what you want from a local journalist. You want them to keep their cards pretty close to their chest, I think. Uh, well, fingers crossed. I, I I'm the same. I think I'm slight. I am slightly more hopeful. Um, what's happened in this run of six games is, I think, when Monk was sacked he probably could have looked at it and told himself the story i don't think this was true but he could have told himself the story well if it wasn't for those six points we were kind of a mid-table you know performance you know points on the on the board wise we were in a mid-table type position if you added six points to where we were at um that's not the case anymore if you had six points we're still in the relegation battle we're out of the relegation places but that's been the that's been the impact of this run of games i i don't want to get too over the top but i think there were enough good things if we can keep 11 men on the pitch which is a big if at the moment um it's nice to have windus back i think he's one of our few genuine threats that we have i'm I'm much more positive about this run of the next run of four five six games than i've than they are they have than I have been about the previous four, five, six games. So, fingers crossed, it's not it's not a foolish a foolish um, expectation, a foolish pride. But Sheffield Wednesday do have a habit of making you making you feel foolish for your your hopes and expectations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll see. Um, I think that's enough, though. I think it's time to say cheerio. Let's and, do that. Uh, I wish you well, Luke, and uh, folks at home as well. Um, enjoy your advent calendars and who knows what the next window Luke opens up will will bring to the world what a treat (laughs) thank you Rich have a good week Rich and have a good week everyone at home